day ever. Your best hair day ever. Your best hair day ever. Welcome to Your Best Hair Day Ever podcast, where we will be talking to sensational women from around the globe about their best hair day, their worst hair day, and everything in between. If you want to learn the secrets to having your best hair days, pick up the book, Your Best Hair Day Ever by Everbutter CEO, Detroit born and raised, and your host, Kambari Owens. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Hello to all of my wonderful listeners. I am Kumbari Owens, host of Your Best Hair Day Ever. We are sitting down chatting with the lovely Yolanda Williams. Hi, guys. <laughs> Yolanda and her husband runs a creative agency, Distinct Life, whose work ranges from consulting and social media management for the social services agency Wolverine Human Services in Detroit to consulting for Comedy Central show Detroiters. They designed the show's logo and produced and wrote the theme song. Their creative partnership started in 2004 when the couple got married while still attending college at Oakland University. In 2007, her husband, Rick, took over ownership of Burn Rubber Sneaker Store in Royal Oak and built the brand into an international phenomenon through his collaborations with New Balance and Reebok. In 2013, Cream Blend started out of Yolanda's sheer curiosity of natural products and how they affect the skin. She says, reading labels is difficult and many of the words we can't even pronounce, let alone understand how the chemical composition will affect our bodies in the future. At Cream Blends, they want to maintain the integrity of their brand by providing products with simple ingredients from the earth that do complex things for the body. The skin is the largest organ in our bodies and the first thing that people see. We should guard that and make sure we are always using products that help heal, restore, and nourish our skin. Hello, Yolanda. How are you? Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I am doing well. So, I'm so happy to be talking to you. I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, me too. Tell us a little bit more about Cream Blend. So it, like in 2013, was that just like when it you actually thought of it and the conception to developing it? Or was it like before 2013 where you was kind of like pondering and thinking about it? Well, it was before 2013 when I started thinking up the ideas. At the time, I didn't know that it was going to be called Cream Blends. I had a girl that I worked with. I had my master's in education, my bachelor's degree in English. So I was working for Cengage Learning, and there was a girl there that was making soaps, and she would bring them in and give them to us as gifts, and I asked her if she could teach me how to make soap. So she said yes, and then... Our schedules kept conflicting, and we never got the opportunity to actually sit down for her to teach me, but the type of person that I am, I have a type A personality, (laughs) and once I get my mind set on something, then I'm going to get started right away. So I immediately went out, bought ingredients, bought all the, you know, utensils, the materials needed to start making soap, turned on YouTube, and then I started developing it myself. With, this was probably maybe a couple weeks after I talked to her. So by the time she actually came back and said, I'm ready now, I already knew what I was doing. And she just helped me, you know, like perfect 
you know, like just different little things when it came to, you know, soap making, the curing process, all of that. And then from the soap, I started giving it away. And at the time, I was making like really fancy, you know, soap that had swirls all in it. And it just took a lot of time. And then I figured, okay, I can't, you know, like these are cute. But this takes way too much time for me to actually make it into something. But I had, I mean, the soap, that girl, they had like different colors and swirls. And yeah, so it was really nice. Some of them had sprinkled oatmeal and herbs and, you know, like it was a very intricate process. Right. So I started thinking, okay, what about, you know, body butters? Like, could I make a lotion? And I knew that, you know, regular lotion was made with water. And I've never been someone who's able to use lotion and still remain moisturized Mm -hmm. all day. Right. So I bought all the ingredients and, you know, started experimenting with the body butters and giving them away. I had different jars at the time. I had no labels. And after giving them away and people kept saying, you know, yo, yo is my nickname. (laughs) These are like really, you know, these are really good. So I talked to my husband Rick about it and we decided to turn it into something that you know, could be very profitable because, you know, with skincare products, with hair products, these are products that you have repeat customers with if they find a product that they really love. So by the time December of 2013 came around, I came up with the name Cream Blends. We registered everything and then we just, you know, I did a website uh, myself with the logo my husband created and the pictures he took and we just started. So I think I was paying, I think the website may have been free uh, every month. Just a regular, you know, big cartel website and we just got started and we did really well in December of that year. And then in 2014, in January is when they did this feature called Mom's a Genius on Mm -hmm. channel, I think it was channel four or seven, whichever one Joanne Purton is on in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And the Mom's a Genius featured mothers who were entrepreneurs and working full time and raising children. So from that, that feature, once that aired, I mean, I got about maybe 70 to 80 orders within like an hour. Oh, wow. I just started... I didn't even have enough, you know, I didn't even have enough materials to really meet the demand of it. So I was really excited. I, um, you know, I was calling everybody like, did you just do the feature? I'm so happy. And then the orders came in and then I started crying because, you know, I had to go to work the next day and I had all these orders to fill. you know, so it was, it was a, you know, a great learning experience, how to figure out shipping Mm -hmm. and, like, what do I, how do I package these glass jars that I use? And right. Just really trying to understand everything right when you're in the fire. Like, I felt like I'm in the fire now trying to figure out how to put the flame out right. as we're going. <laughs> and, you know, you know, with customers, they don't know that you just started. And exactly. They want to order. You know, they'll email you if you don't ship it out in enough time. So yeah. it just kind of, you know, so December 2013 is when we launched the website. Cream blends existed before then with just sampling and giving it to friends and family. Mm-hmm. But by January, it was a full-fledged business. Wow. And, you know, that's funny because, you know, many people, a lot of business coaches that we have just talking to, they always say, do you have a business plan? You need to do this, that, and other Girl, before you start. Girl, I, I didn't like... have a business plan. <laughs> 
I barely have one now. No, I'm joking. I have one now. But when, <laughs> when I got started, it was like, I, to me, the best, if I was to sit down and try to wait until my business plan and everything was thoroughly thought out, I probably wouldn't have gotten started because something exactly. would continue to come up. Mm-hmm. I would have, I probably would have said I need a warehouse or a manufacturing space. Yep. I was making these products in my kitchen. So I'm storing body butter right next to almond milk <laughs> right. and trying to figure out telling my kids, you know, don't touch, you know, don't touch that. That's, that's mommy's white tea body butter. Exactly. It needs to cool first. So <laughs> I felt like the best way for me was to just get started and the business the business plan developed as I went along and as I learned new things we just kept adding to that plan. Exactly. And to me that's so, like yeah, the so best way. Just start. <laughs> yeah. Just get started. So now it's interesting, you know, reading through your bio and everything that you and your husband, y'all like started right out the gates with entrepreneurship in 2007. Mm -hmm. So what led you all down? Was it just something that was in y'all? Did someone put a bug in your ear? Is just something that kind of just naturally developed? Well, my husband comes from a family of entrepreneurs. So my husband, Rick, his, his father owned Famous Amos Cookies franchise oh, in wow. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. When they lived there, he's owned a gro- uh, a black owned grocery store. So my husband already came to the table with entrepreneurship as an option for him. Whereas for myself, I had my godmother owned a day she owned a daycare in Detroit, and I always used to say, "Well, I want to own my own daycare," which is you know, I have education background and then I thought, okay, I can open up a child care center and do that. But that was the only example that I had of someone who owned their own business was my godmother, Felicia. So, but my husband, he always knew I'm going to be a business owner. He had, he started uh, like a party promotion company when he was in high school where they would throw oh, wow. parties in high school gyms. <laughs> wow. And him and his brother, yeah, it was called Fat Lace. So him and his brother Jeremy started that. So they were, you know, he was doing business in high school. Mm. So once we got together, it kind of, you know, kind of pushed me more to wanting to, you know, to start something, but I didn't start something right away. So in 2007, when he opened Burn Rubber, I we had I had already graduated from from college, mm-hmm. but I was working. So while he was building the business and everything, I was the one who was working. We kept my job so that we could keep our benefits because I don't know if anyone knows small businesses have a hard time with getting things like healthcare. It's very expensive. Yeah. So I continued to work all the way up until started in 2013. I worked until 2015. 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 2015. So even while he was doing burn rubber, I was working. When I was doing cream blends in the beginning, I was working. I've mm-hmm. just, it's been almost two years since okay. I stopped working full time. Wow. Talk about busy. <laughs> oh, girl, yes. And then, and also, and then in 2014, so January was the news feature, January, February, around that time. And then I was in Whole Foods maybe four or five months later. Okay. So wow. I'm working full time trying to manufacture right. products oh my for a major retailer Ooh. from my house. Wow. Nothing but God. 
I have no idea how I did it. <laughs> wow. I don't even know. Yeah. So that, you know, so it was a crazy year and then still working. You know, I would get off work at, at four o'clock and go get my son. And it, it's a lot. It is. Yes. I, I absolutely understand. So now let's get into some of the podcast questions. Okay. Tell me about your best hair day ever. And it's just not an ordinary hair day, you know, like you're like, okay, I'm cute. But I want to mm-hmm. know like the best one where you felt like I am about to go and conquer everything I say <laughs> I said I was going to conquer. <laughs> okay. I would say my best hair day, and it wasn't that my hair was really fried, dyed, and laid to the side. <laughs> it was the day that I got my locks started. So the day that I decided I'm going to grow this relaxer that's in my hair out and go natural and get locks in my hair. So I went to a girl. Her name is Lauren. We're very close friends, and she started my locks with the two-strand twist, and I was just a very excited and happy that day because it was almost like a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders in terms of being concerned and stressed about my hair. Every single week, you're worried, okay, which hairstyle am I getting next? Next, I remember sitting in hair salons, looking through hair books, and I said, you know, a lot of them didn't fit my personality, just trying to decide which one is the best and sitting there for six, seven hours to get a hairstyle that's going to last a week and doing it all over again the next week. So that day that I got my lock started to me was the best hair day ever because for me, it meant freedom. Yes. Yeah. Freedom. <laughs> you know, I remember freedom. Thinking, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing this no more. It, it, like it's hard. It was hard growing up because you know yeah. everybody had the relaxers, the straight hair. Yeah. But you know we all knew like we can't get it wet, and if we did, we had to you know do it all over again. If yeah, they leave it on too long, you have scabs and sores yes. in your head. Like I, that to me that was just very restricting. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a time where if your hair was a little bit coarse, your mom was either perming it or pressing it. Yes. And pressing it till it's bone straight. And it's, and you don't really realize, like, why does our hair have to be straight? Exactly. Like, who sets the standard that I have to have bone straight hair in order to get dressed for the Christmas play? Why can't I wear my regular hair? Right. <laughs> you know, so you grow up with little girls teaching them that presentable equals pressed out, firm, straight hair. And then it's like, we look back on these pictures, like my hair looked like, you know, just, you know, a wet puppy. It was just straight, no yeah. movement, no nothing. Nothing. It's like, what was With I a thinking? dumb bang. I used to have a right. bang right in the middle of my head. <laughs> so that day, you know, that I decided to do that was very freeing. And, you know, when you get locked, you know, a lot of people, some people love them. But when I got them in 2004, it wasn't a lot. Like, now I feel like they're more trendy than yeah. than it was back then. Back then, when you got locked, I had my aunts and my family telling me, why would you want to do that to your hair? They look dreadful. <laughs> they look dirty. Oh, wow. You're not oh, going to wow. be able to switch your hair. How are you going to get a job with that, in your, with that stuff in your hair? I have one of my aunts say that with that, you know, with that stuff on your head. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and the stuff was my hair. So I I was like, okay, this is my hair. 
if you don't like it, then don't get the hairstyle. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't, it wasn't a lot of a support, you know, a lot of support, but I mm-hmm. felt really free. My husband loved it. And he was the one who encouraged me to continue to try to, you know, stay natural because I wouldn't be right. so stressed out about, you know, <laughs> right. a hairstyle. So, well, on the opposite end of that, what was one of your worst hair days ever where it was like, you know, your hair, I, I mean, I can remember back, I didn't want to go to school, you know, it's like, I don't want people yeah. to see me like this. Like, can you pinpoint one of those days? Well, it wasn't like I thought, so this was a worse, a bad hair day for me, but in the beginning, when I left for school that day, I didn't feel like it was a bad hair day. So here's why uh, it was a bad hair day. <laughs> So when I got to high school or middle school, I'm sorry, my mom would let me do my own hair and experiment uh-huh. with putting in ponytails. I don't know if you remember the tracks and I would put my hair, my real hair in a ponytail and then take glue, put it on yep. the track and then <laughs> wrap it around, you know, my little ponytail. Actually, before I put the glue onto the track, I would roll up the head, the track with rollers. Mm-hmm and setting lotion and put it in the microwave because that would make it curly. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> in minutes. Yes. So we used to call these like microwave ponytails. <laughs> put it in the microwave and you, this sounds so ridiculous. I would put fake hair <laughs> and setting lotion and some rollers in the microwave so that these spiral curls would be on this ponytail within a matter of minutes. Right. I would take everything out put the glue on and then put it onto my hair and I will wrap like this little, I don't even know what the, the hair paper thing that you wrap around the ponytail. So it protects your hair. From oh the yeah. Glue. The wrapping, wrapping paper. Something yeah. Like that. yeah. So I put it on and I thought it was, you know, really cute. And then we start playing this stuff at the school at my friend Ramona's house and her brother chasing me or something and I ended up falling and then my ponytail like was laying on the sidewalk oh no (laughs) so when I like it was laying like right I was laying on the ground and my ponytail (laughs) was on the sidewalk like right above (laughs) my hands Uh I I reached behind myself and wrapped this ponytail while I was laying down before I got up before anyone (laughs) They knew that it came off, but I wasn't going to get up so they could see this little bitty ponytail <laughs> and the weave sit, you know, sitting on the on the sidewalk. So I wrapped my hair back up before I ever even got back up and then continued to play and run around. But I, but that day, I was, that was one of the days where I was like, I hate weave. Like, now I have to worry about <laughs> keeping this ponytail on. Like, you can't right. play rough when you have a ponytail. Right. That's not yours. So, yeah, so that was like, that was a pretty bad hair day for me. <laughs> and I learned how to do ponytails better after that. Right. I, I remember. <laughs> because, like, during that time, like, it was, like, you know, we wore a weave, but it wasn't, like, you know, how it is now. Like, people will, you yeah. know, don't do, you know. But back then, we were embarrassed if people knew we had weave in our hair. So Right. And I now remember- a girl will have a ponytail to her butt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's like, wow, how times have changed. <laughs> they really have. Back then, we were trying to at least make it blend in with the normal length of our hair. Yeah. But now <laughs> they don't they don't care. They're not worried about that at all. So. Not at all. So. OK. Uh, so now 
in your own words, we've all in this natural community, whether you have locks or you have your natural uh, curls out or whatnot, well, it's always defined. Everybody has to define what natural is, what natural isn't. And in your own words, how would you describe being natural? Well, natural now, I do feel like it's all, you know, right now it's something that is trendy to say. It's something that is popular to put onto labels, but I look at it as when I say that I'm a natural person or someone else is natural, I use it to describe people who look for authentic experience, whether it's your hair, your food, you become more aware of the things that, that go into your body, relationships, like people who want authentic, non-forced relationship right exactly is, an, is somebody who's natural so i look at being natural as you're just searching and you're someone who values and looks for authentic experiences awesome yeah i haven't heard that one but that's that's amazing <laughs> yeah so i mean because that's the only thing i could to think of as to why someone would consider you know mm-hmm. consider someone a naturalist so did you experience so you all, you know, y'all been in the entrepreneurship game for a minute before you all um, arrived at Cream Blend, starting Cream Blend. Uh-huh. But while you were in that phase in starting it, did you experience like a fear or kind of like an obstacle that delayed you in starting? Of course. I would say, I think one of the things was my husband was already, for me, in terms of in regards to Cream Blend. Burn rubber was already started. My husband was already going. He, you know, he's really good at what he does. He's really mm-hmm. good at networking and building relationships. I'm more of a behind the scenes person. Mm-hmm. I support him. I wrote all the press releases. I write all the the copy for the website and products and everything. But I kind of like, you know, being in the background because I'm not as, I've gotten more social over the years, mm-hmm. but I'm not a very social person. So I figured, okay, one of the fears was in business, I'm going to have to start talking to people <laughs> more. I'm going to, like, things like the interview with Channel 4. I was mm-hmm. very nervous about that. You don't want to you don't want to mess things up. You don't want to, you know, so I was like, once I start the business and I'm out here as a business owner and you kind of made yourself an expert in your product, right. am I going to be able to answer every question in regards to skin? I'm not an esthetician. I'm somebody who wanted a product that worked, and I researched, and I messed up, and I redid it again, and I figured it out, figured out the formula for it, and I'm moving forward. But there's still a fear there of, you know, of just, you know, not knowing the answers to everything. So that was one of the things that, you know, was, that made me a little reluctant to kind of put myself out there and get started. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about everyone, but I understand that just because, you know, now people looking at you like, you know, you, you supposed to know this. And it's like, what if I don't know, uh, you know, the answer to one of the questions? Yeah. And they're like, you, you should know that. Right. (laughs) So with just growing up, outside of just business and it could be any part it could be in business life or personal but was there ever a time in your life where you felt like you had to fit in you know like we go 
to networking events, you go to church, you go to these different places that, you know, people have their cliques or whatnot. And sometimes we, you know, like, you don't want to be the I person out. Was there a time where you like, you know what, I'm just gonna not be myself as I could be. And let me just try and fit in just for the sake of it. Yeah, I would say, of course, in high school, like growing up, you want to fit in. But professionally, there, even with myself and Rick, we're entrepreneurs and we are experiencing a lot of different things together, but we don't necessarily change who we are. So if everyone's dressed up, I'm still wearing the same thing that I probably put on that morning. I'm not, <laughs> I don't go rush home to go put on a suit to look like somebody else to fit in. But mm-hmm. there was a time in the beginning where I would tell Rick, okay, we if we have like an awards banquet or something, maybe we should get dressed up before we, you know, before we go. And there were times where I've dressed up and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's not my, it's not me. Like mm-hmm. I dress up, you know, I dress nice. I, you know, I know how to dress well for events, but sometimes you want to com- conform to look like, okay, well, they're wearing heels. I hate mm-hmm. heels. Right. But I'm going to wear them because this is the the norm or the standard. So after a few times of trying to fit in in these social social entrepreneurship circles, mm-hmm. I said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm wearing what I want to wear. And I don't, right. you know, if I want to change my the color of my locks tomorrow to navy blue, <laughs> I'll, still, I'll still keep my hair the same color when I'm going to receive an award for praying 40 under 40, or I don't change who I am anymore. Right. You know, for anyone else. And getting to that place was also kind of like a freedom, like an exhale moment where it's like, I am my authentic self Mm -hmm. 100% of the time. Right. And I mean, like just you having a family in itself, it's hard to like, you're already rushing around and it's like, okay, I got to figure out what I got to (laughs) wear. It's like, I'm wearing what I got on. Right. You know, because I remember telling on all day. Right. Because I remember telling people, like, look, I'm in jeans all the time. If we go into a party, you may see me in jeans again. (laughs) And get over it. I might put a scarf on around my neck and dress it up a little bit. Right. So I'm going through life again and women, I, I could say women in general, because it sometimes it takes us a while to kind of discover exactly who we are. And mm-hmm. um, in that process, we, we lose ourselves several times. <laughs> so yeah. was there ever a point in your life where it's like you kind of like completely lost yourself? And if so, like, what was it that got you out of that and into into yourself, how you found yourself? Have I ever felt like I was in the, like I lost myself? Absolutely. What got me out of it? I don't know. I really, I tell people all the time, I feel like when I turned 30, the, the day that I turned 30, I just felt like I, like I changed to where my yes was yes, my no was no. Mm-hmm. I didn't say no to people or the things or opportunities that I didn't want to do with an explanation. You know how when you don't really know yourself or you don't want, you want to kind of, you're still a people pleaser and trying to yeah. make everybody happy. Yep. They may ask you to do something and you say, 
no, because my son has a soccer game that day, and then I also have to grab groceries after, so I won't have time. Like, I don't give those explanations anymore. Oh, no yeah. is the answer. No. <laughs> right. No, I won't be able to make it, have fun, and that's it. Right. So I think once I've started to get more into myself and be more confident and say what I mean, if some, if there, you know, if there was a time when I know with women, like when I was in my 20s or even in college, you know how you feel like, let's say someone's tone or energy is a little bit off mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I feel like her energy was a little off, but I'm not going to really say anything. I might talk to 12 of my other friends about her energy without <laughs> right. going to her. <laughs> right. And asking if something's wrong, whereas when I turned 30, I was done with that. If I felt like there was some issue there, I'm going to directly confront the person or the issue right away. Mm-hmm. So there is no going home and wondering what someone else is thinking or, 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 or you know, just kind of holding on to that myself. I release exactly. everything. Yeah. So now I feel like coming into myself, when I started to just release you know, if I was upset, you say you're upset. You know, I'm, you know, in a marriage, and I've been married next year will be 14 years. Oh, wow. You learn to, like before, let's say you're, you're angry at your husband for something, and he, mm-hmm. he, he keeps asking you what's wrong, and you're like, nothing. Right. But you're still, you're cleaning up very hard and making noise because right. you're upset about something. So you may not necessarily be ready to talk about it. Well, I don't do that anymore. If there is an issue, if there's something wrong, I confront everything right away because life is too short. So if I have to spend five, six hours pretending like everything is okay when it's not okay, I've wasted my life. Exactly. Part of my life. So now let's just get it all on the table, you know, all on the table and let's deal with it right, you know, right now. So I would say that coming into myself is when I start just really you know, saying what you mean and mean meaning what you say. Your no is no. Your yes is yes. You don't have to give an explanation for for anything. An explanation right. is a courtesy. But I don't have to give that. You know, I don't have to always find an excuse for why I can't come to something or do something or give money to a family member or be, you know, sometimes you, you can't give to everybody. So, right. After 30, I became very sure of myself. And as the years progress, I'm becoming more and more sure of myself to some people that can be seen as like, wow, you know, Yolanda's very direct, but you'll never have to guess with me what you get. Right. I'm upset about something. You know, I'm upset. That's something to take in. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a lot. Yeah. So the saying is that you become the five people you hang around or like they say birds of a feather flock to ca- flock together and uh-huh. with saying that through your journey through where you're at currently have you ever felt like you had to i guess change groups or change friends or kind of leave someone behind or not even just leave them behind you just had to go your own way just because they were not going in the same direction as you yeah, I mean, that happened. It happened before. It's going to probably continue to happen. It happened, you know, from my transition from high school to college, from mm-hmm. my transition from college to grad school, from my transition of being single to married, and then you have a new set of friends, mm-hmm. and 
people that, you know, then it went from when I had no children to now I have kids and I may have a group of moms that I'm closer to. So I really look at it as, you know, everything happens in seasons. So just because there's people that I was, you know, I was best friends with from elementary all the way until high school, it doesn't take away from the fact that we were best friends. Right. I'm always going to have a love for, for those people, but you move on, you grow. There's no bad energy. There's no negativity related to us not no longer being as close as we were during that season. You were to me what I needed. I was to you what you needed. And Mm -hmm. then that season changed and I'm okay with that. So I think, you know, like there are times where, you know, things have happened where so people that you're not as close to, and then a certain experience happens and you become closer to them because during that time in your life, you needed them, you needed them more. Mm -hmm. So I had two brothers and they both died at the age of 30 years old. One died in 2015. Oh, wow. And one died in 2016. So my only siblings, my two younger brothers, were both killed. And during that time, there was a friend of mine whose brother was was killed a year before mine. We would talk just on social media in passing. And when the stuff happened with my brother, she reached out to me. My best friend reached out to her and asked her if she could reach out to me because she, you know, she needed, she wanted, my best friend wanted me to have someone who could really relate to what I was going through. Right. So after she reached out, we've, we've gotten even closer because we both experienced the same type of pain. Mm -hmm. So in this season, you know, that I'm in like, you know, It'll be a year from my last brother passing away. But in that time, you may be talking to to that person more than you are the friends that you went to high school or college with. Mm -hmm. So I really feel like seasons change, people change, and then sometimes people come back from the previous season. So (laughs) you don't write anybody off. You just never know when they'll come back or when you'll need each other again. Mm, That's so true. I like how you put it. It's like, you know, in this season, they were what I needed. And I think that's how we should look at it. Like even with people, things that's going on in our life, emotionally or whatever, these things is for this season and it's supposed to happen this way. Yeah. So, So what would be your best piece of advice for someone who's experiencing like a transitional stage in their life? You know, like as we've been discussing, we have these different seasons, we have these different moments. uh, We have moments where we lose ourselves and then we find ourselves when we're in it. Sometimes we feel like I will never get out of this. So what would be your best piece of advice for someone who's feeling like that? Man, I, if anybody knows what that feels like, it's me. And I would tell someone who's in a similar position to bear it, bear it, and ride the wave. And when it stops, when that wave or that moment of negativity or struggle or transition or whatever, when that wave stops, you enjoy the peace that you'll have for a little while. And then you get ready to ride the next wave. But this time, that wave 
you're going to be more experienced than the first one. Yes. So we define your best hair day ever as being your best version. And it's kind of like a metaphor. When we have our best hair days, our hair is at its optimal level. But Mm -hmm. to me, it encompasses your mind, your body, and your soul. And so with saying that, do you believe you have arrived at your best hair day ever? Absolutely. I really do. Every morning I get up and I love the decision I made with my hair choice of growing locks. I change it up whenever I want to. They still remain the same locks, but I just feel more confident. I feel I don't have to explain myself or my choices with my hair anymore or my life. So Mm -hmm. I say I've, I've gotten to the best hair day ever. Awesome. So let's go into our fabulous five questions. Okay. What's your favorite hairstyle? Locks. (laughs) So now with (laughs) locks, people, I see people, you know, you you jazz it up. Do you just let them hang or do you have like a certain style that you like to put them in? Well, I actually wear mine, like I really like wearing them in two ponytails because it makes me look, it makes me look a lot younger. So (laughs) I'll keep, I'll keep wearing that as long as I can. Right. What is your favorite hair products? And now with locks, I'm interested to know because, you know, we have a, a lot of people ask, you know, what's what do you use for locks? And so what is your favorite hair product for your locks? My favorite hair product for my locks is something that my friend Lauren put me on. She's the one who started my locks with the two strand twist. But there's this this oil for dry, like for your scalp, and it's called Nature's Blessing. I actually need to order some more off Amazon. It smells amazing. It's very nourishing for your scalp. When you have locks, sometimes you can put oil and moisturize your hair, and then the very next day it's back dry again. It's like it's pulling the moisture from my hair Mm -hmm. the longer my locks grow. So Nature's Blessing is the name of it, and it's like a green. It comes in like a clear bottle in the pomade mixture is like green and I use that on my scalp for you know for dry for dry scalp and I love it what is your favorite motivational book or speaker I would say my favorite of course my favorite speaker is Oprah but my (laughs) favorite book is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle oh you know I'm reading a book by him or maybe in the past but I'm gonna have to look that at what A New Earth uh huh. New Earth. He's also the author of Power of Now. Oh, that's what I just read. <laughs> I think I'm mm-hmm. like I know yep. that. Oh, name. Yep. Okay, awesome. So, who is your favorite YouTuber, if you have one? Well, I wouldn't really call this person a YouTuber, but I watch them on YouTube all the time because I don't live in Houston, Texas, to go to their church. Mm. And that person is TDJ. Okay. So I love his YouTube series and sermons and. He's really like, you know, his stuff has helped me a lot through through life. So I would say TDJ. Okay. And what is next for you? What's next is in January, and no one really knows this right now, so I'm saying it. And since this is a special podcast, <laughs> I'll say it here. We're opening a cream blend store in January in oh. Royal Oak. Oh, awesome. Now, will this be by Burn Rubber? It is. It'll be around the corner at the very first Burn Rubber. 
So we're going oh, back that. to the space that we started in in oh, that's 2007. Awesome. So the story, Pretty you know, awesome. kind of comes full circle. Yes, I love it. And lastly, how can our listeners connect with you? On what platforms can they find you at? I am on Facebook and Instagram. On on Facebook and Instagram is at Cream Blend. My personal Instagram is Yolanda W L M S. Awesome. Well, we thank you for, you know, joining us. I had an awesome time and you know, Me I'm too. certainly Good. I'm, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it. And to our listeners, we thank you for tuning in. And until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Best Hair Day Ever podcast. And we hope you heard some inspiring words from today's guest. If you want to get some products that will help you have your best hair day ever, head over to everbutter.com forward slash podcast for a very special offer on some fabulous all-natural product. Until next time, make every day your best hair day ever. 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 Your best hair day ever.